Go with me to Colossians 3 and Matthew 16. Colossians 3 and Matthew 16. How many guys are bitter that Marshawn signed with the Raiders? Anybody? That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, that hurts. I'm just, I'm just giving you time. Colossians three. They're both, they are both in the back half of your Bible. If you're still looking, Colossians three and Matthew sixteen. Colossians three. You, you good? That's the, all right. Colossians three and Matthew sixteen. Actually, I got it backwards. Colossians 2, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm such a whore, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Colossians 2, sorry, jeez. I haven't done that in a long time, that's embarrassing. Uh, Colossians 2, we'll start in verse 6. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, then we'll read Matthew 16, and then we'll get going. Colossians 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus our Lord, so walk in Him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed. Alright, being firmly rooted and then being built up. And then let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 25 and 26. Brooke, I'm still, if we end up buying a dog, you're paying for it. It's your fault. I'm just kidding. Matthew 16, 25 and 26. Whoever wishes to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will gain it. For what will profit a person if they gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for their soul? I want to talk to us just for a little bit on the thought you got to get this right get this right you know how many guys have heard of your hierarchy of needs any like psych majors or anything in here heard of that yeah okay philosophy majors cool um counselors yeah there you go you know what i'm talking about i want to present to us tonight i want to present to us tonight a different type of kind of an order of needs that we have when it comes to i, I love psychology I love understanding how humanity works because of this. If I can understand how my brain works, I can work it to my advantage, right? And when it comes to dating, I'm going to show us this, this order of things that are important that I think, unfortunately, a lot of us, just because we don't even realize it's there, we get upside down, and therefore we do it wrong, all right? So the, I had Brittany draw these triangles for me because I am horrible at art. I probably would have drawn a circle on accident, but... Um, let's break this down. I'm just going to lay these out, give you some examples, and we'll start putting this together. All right. If, if you were looking at these, and the bottom would be this word security. All right. Security. Following that word would be identity. Following that is belonging. And then we have purpose, 
And then we have competence, which is not going to fit in here, so I'll stretch it. I think I added one too many T's. Oregon Public Education. There you go. All right. So, triangle. You have security, right? Security asks this question. Where do I, who can I trust? Where do I feel safe? Who can I trust? Where do I feel safe? And who can I trust? And when we're looking at this through the lens, we're going to look at it through two lenses tonight. First of all, if you're single, asking the question, who in my life can I trust? Where do I find the most basic level of feeling safe? And obviously, we believe as followers of Christ what we read in Colossians. Now that you are rooted, now that you are safely placed, Matthew puts it this way, you built your home, your life on the rock and not on the sand, we find security, baseline settling of our soul security in our relationship with Christ, right? Everybody tracking with me? Okay, when it comes to dating, if you do not, this is 101, if you do not trust the person you're dating, how well will, you, will your relationship go? Probably not that well, right? You will turn in to Taylor Swift writing some song about how he broke your heart, and left you, you're going to turn into some guy that says, I couldn't trust her, she was always on her phone. If you don't have security in who you trust, this is going to fall apart, right? Well, if I can figure out and feel safe, the natural thing for me to do is start to ask the question, who am I? I need to figure out who I am. Young adults are asking this question pretty consistently because we have just realized that we probably don't know who we are as well as we thought we did right? When we were in high school, we thought we were pretty cool. Man, when I was in high school, I played sports, and I was a musician, thought I was pretty cool, and started finding identity in some of those things, and then realized when I graduated, man, I don't really know who I am as much as I thought I was. So identity, who am I? Belonging is this question. Whoa, that was weird. This is a funny story. Funny story. Side note. Side note. Side note. Side note. Uh, my brother, my brother is a brand new youth pastor at a church down in Portland, and um, Brittany and I were in Portland over the weekend for my birthday, and we went to a middle school lock-in with him, and we were up to like 4 a.m., which we have not done in a long time. Like, I, I am way too old to be up that late, right? And so, uh, but Brian started preaching at 12.55 a.m. To a, to, to a group a little smaller than this. But he decided when he started his message that he was going to chug a Red Bull in front of the kids. Like, that was his plan. I'm just going to chug this real quick. So he chugs it, and then he goes, turn in your Bible, uh, and like almost threw up. It was really funny. So now I identify with my brother. But, <laughs> belonging. Belonging is this question. Belonging is this question. Who wants me? Who, who in my life do I know Enjoy spending time around me. Who wants me? And when we're looking at this through the lens again, first of singleness, we need to kind of consistently return to the fact that we find these in the outworking of our relationship with Christ. We find these things in allowing ourselves to be rooted and then built up in Christ. And and if you're dating, if you do not feel like the person you're dating wants to be with you, If you feel like they'd rather be with someone else doing something else, your relationship is probably not going to go well. Purpose. Why am I here? Purpose. Why am I here? I would say purpose is the biggest question that haunts most of us. 
Why am I here? And for a lot of us, that question does not bring vision. Some of us are in a season right now, if someone was to walk up to you and say, why are you here? That question would not spark vision and excitement. It would spark condemnation and guilt. And some of us really struggle with answering that question, why am I here? And then out of that comes competency. What do I do well? What do I do well? Let me give you an example of this, and this will start making sense. So, when I was younger, when I was 16, well, it was 12 years ago. That was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. When I was 16, my uh, worship pastor at the church I was growing up at in Portland, she was our, uh, my cousin. And she walked up to me a, a month before my birthday and said, Ed, we need a bass player in the church band, so you are getting a bass for your birthday, and you're going to start taking bass lessons because we need a bass player. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so I got a bass. It was super cool. It was red. It was a Yamaha. I started taking bass lessons from the main bass player in our church. And I, before I know it, was playing bass seven times a week. And I was an honored jazz bass player in my high school band. And if everyone looked, I walked into Guitar Center one time. And I didn't even tell the guy what I wanted. I needed bass strings. He goes, what bass strings do you want? And I was like, how do you know I was a bass player? I was like, what, what, you play electric guitar? Like, look at you, right? You're a bass player. So, so, like, my identity, everything I did was wrapped up in this concept that Ed equals bass, right? Ed equals bass. Ed is a bass player. And I started finding identity and purpose in the fact that I play bass. So I was playing at huge concerts in front of like three to 5,000 teenagers. It was super awesome. I was part of a really cool worship band. Really fun. Was traveling, playing at camps, doing all this stuff. And I decided to move to Centralia. When I moved to Centralia, the pastors that I was interning under said, hey, you're not going to play bass. You're not going to play bass for six months. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand it because Ed equals bass. And they removed part of the equation, and I was left with the question, what does Ed equal anymore? And this is what I want to make the case for today. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us flip this triangle upside down. I think a lot of us start with competence. We start competence. There you go. Oregon education, all right? And then we start... We start with the question, what do I do well? Instead of starting with the question, where do I feel safe in Christ? We start with the question, what do I do well? And when we start with what I do well, then what I do well starts to define my purpose. And then from there, I begin to find my belonging. And then we find our identity. And then we find security. Let me tell you what happened in that story. They took away Ed equals base. You want to know the most natural place to reverse this triangle, but feel like you did it right? Who you date. You want to know the quickest way to find security? Is to get another human to say that you matter. And so when we reverse identity, reverse engineer this triangle... This is what it turns into. Instead of, I'm secure in who I am in Christ because I'm a human. You have purpose because you're a human. You have value because you're a human. And that's where it starts with Christ, right? 
My identity flows from the fact that I am called and redeemed by Christ. And that is where I find my purpose and identity. My belonging is in the human family, with other people redeemed by Christ. My purpose comes from the fact that I was created for something, like Ephesians says. You were created for, you were God's workmanship, created for good works. That's where my purpose comes from. And then, out of that, I start growing what I'm good at. If we can get this right, then we're bringing one plus one into a healthy relationship. But this is what I did. Ed equals base. So what did I, what, what was my purpose? I'm a base player. I quit multiple jobs to make sure I could still play base when I was younger. Because if Ed equals base, then base trumps everything. Where did I find belonging? My band, man, the people I played music with. I had no friends outside of church. I at times compromised my witness in being absent at my high school so I could go play bass at church. Praying, this is funny, I would stand on stage and pray that unsafe people from my high school would come to the conference I was playing bass at instead of focusing on being present with them in the high school we both attended. I found my identity in it. Ed equals bass. So therefore, out of it, I found security in the fact that base equals security. And you take the base away, and why am I here became an accusation instead of vision. And I want to ask this question. Is there a chance that some of us have a habit in our lives of so-and-so equals relationship? And if we aren't dating someone, if we aren't flirting with someone, if we aren't supporting someone through a tough time, whatever you use to, as an excuse to emotionally connect, right? If we're not in a relationship, then we don't feel secure. If we're not in a relationship, then we don't have purpose. Because this is what happens. Insert your name here. Equals whatever thing. You take that thing away. i got to find it somewhere. The tougher road being rooted in Christ. Easier road? Let me find someone. Let me find a thing. Let me find something to do. Let me find something that when people look at me, they don't see me as a human, they see me as the thing I do. And so we start with competence. Hey, this is what I do. Hey, I am such and such. I work here. I make this kind of money. I date this person. I have this type of friendship. I drive this car. I equal this thing. We start with competence, and then from that we find purpose. The funny thing is a lot of us wonder why we're lacking vision. It's because we're putting vision in temporary things. We're finding purpose and identity in who we are and what we do instead of just saying, I have purpose because Christ created me with intentionality. Purpose. And then we find our belonging. We don't know what to do unless we are hanging out with people that do the exact same things that we do. I did not know what to do if I wasn't around my church friends. You know, I know where I felt that when I moved. Some of us, it would be so healthy if we left our context and went somewhere else because it would make us answer if we've turned this triangle upside down. The healthiest thing in the world for me was to move to Centralia and removed Ed equaled face. We start finding our identity. Then you, then you start meeting people and they're like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I, I'm in a relationship. 
Well, that's weird. Do you get paid for that? Like, how's that? I don't understand what, how that answered my question. But okay, congrats. That's awesome. So, so what do you do? Oh, man, I, I, uh, I, we set ourselves up for failure because we lead what's your value and what you do. Hey, what do you do? Instead of telling me about who you are, what gets you excited about life? What makes you thrive? We start with, both of you guys are just failing on me today. What do you do, right? And then out of what we do, we find security. There are some of us in this room who have not been able to figure out why our relationships don't last. Why our relationships don't last. And I will point out, there's a good chance your relationship has not lasted because it's attached to your identity. So relationships become codependent because I need you to need me to need you because that's where I find purpose. Instead of, we're both thriving and it makes sense for us to be together. Because then we can take life even further than we could have alone. We fall into these pitfalls. This is another thing we do. Let me give you another example. You could even get some of this right. Security in Christ, absolutely. I'm rooted in Christ. I'm finding my identity in Him because He called me to something. I feel like I belong in the human family. I've got this right. But then this is what I did for a long time. I swapped purpose and competence. I found my purpose in what I did well. And I'm beginning to realize in my life, we get it backwards. We have these fundamental purposes. Like, if you're lacking purpose in your life, you want to know the biblical thing to do? Start serving somewhere. We were created to serve and to add value on this planet. If I don't know what I'm supposed to do, go volunteer. If I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, give something of myself. Represent Christ well. 2 Corinthians says, you are Christ's ambassadors. If I'm lacking purpose, represent Christ well. But I'm realizing my base purpose on this earth, what I'm good at, what gets me excited, is I love training leaders and I love fixing problems. And I have been doing that since I can remember. Whether I was the coach on my basketball team, coaching my brother's basketball team, or I was the captain of our football team, or I worked in leadership in high school, any job I've ever had, my time at the lodge, what I do right now as a pastor, I have the opportunity to train up young leaders and I get to fix problems. I would offer that competency is just the current expression of your purpose. But a lot of us don't know what to do unless we're doing what we think we do well. And we start reverse engineering the triangle. So I want to ask us, here's some signs of an upside triangle. We're going to talk about personal ones. If you're single, we'll talk about dating ones as well. Personal one. If I was to quit doing the thing I do well, would I still have purpose? If I was to decide today, Ed is no longer going to be a pastor, would I still have purpose? A year ago? No. No, I wouldn't. Today? Yeah. Because I know that I'm going to find another expression of my purpose, which is training leaders and fixing problems. This hits home for me personally. i got to be honest. My grandparents were in, my grandpa just passed away, but... My grandparents were in ministry for over 55 years. They were missionaries in Uganda for 18 of those years. They were senior pastors at 21 and 20, which is just insane. 
And unfortunately, they were raised in a movement where what you did is where you found your purpose, found your value. So now they're retired. My grandma's passed away. My grandma's retired. She does not know what to do unless she's doing church. And out of that, I've come to the realization, I never want to be so attached to what I do that I can never find purpose later in life. You will outlive what you do well. Please come to that realization. You may feel absolutely invincible right now, and I will be doing this thing for the rest of my life. Technology is going to advance. There's going to be a younger person that's better at you than what you do later in life. You will outlive what you do well. The question will be, why well, still have a purpose. Will I still find meaning in life if life took away what I do well? So if you're dating, here's the question. Here's the da- if you're dating, here's the question. If I was to break up today, would I still have an identity? You know how we do this with celebrities? Radjolina or whatever, right? Kimye. Some of you all need to put a hyphen between you and your significant other's name. Seriously. Seriously, it's kind of awkward. Like, you might as well just like merge together and be this one person thing. If you were, if you were, and I'm not saying, please, this is not an excuse to say, thank God I've been waiting to break up with him for months. Pastor Ed said, I need to break up with you because we're a little out of bounds. No, you both created the out of bounds. That's not what I'm saying. What I am asking is this. Have I developed my triangle correctly enough that I came into our relationship as a whole person? Or had I, re- had I reverse engineered this and I needed them to need me to flip my triangle right side up? No. If you were to break up today, and this is the scary thing, is there are marriages that did not get this right and now they're in it forever. If I, I, and I'm not saying this, but if Brittany and I were to decide, hey, we're going to take a year apart, I'm thankful. Stick with me. This is weird. I shouldn't have said it. But <laughs> I am thankful that Brittany was a strong, independent black woman who did not need me. <laughs> well before Brittany, like some of you guys don't know about this, but Brittany had started her own business well before I came along. Brittany, 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 Brittany Holmes, Brittany McAlpine at that point, launched Young Adults well before I came along. I've been riding on her coattails ever since. <laughs> Girls, this is especially important for you. Your identity is not found in the man you marry. Your identity is found in the life you build outside of the context of him. Because this is what happens. This is what happens. If I am expecting my significant other to bring me purpose and identity, at some point, you will not like the person they built you into. And you will become bitter and frustrated at them. Because they turned you into something, but the reality is because I didn't come in knowing who I wanted to be, I allowed this to happen. So if I was to break up today, would I still have an identity? Number two, this one's healthy. If you're, if you're, if you're single currently, do I have friends outside of what I do well? Do I have friends outside of what I do well? Man, I felt this, like I said, when I moved. When I moved, I had no friends. Because everyone that was my friend was involved in what I did well. 
And I am so thankful for Centralia. I'm thankful for the six years I lived there because I developed friendships that I still have because I didn't have another option. It didn't matter if they did worship. It didn't matter if they did church. It really didn't matter. They just, I just needed friends. Are my friends bought into me and am I bought into my friends because we all do the same thing well? Or am I bought into my friends and are my friends bought into me because we add value to each other's lives? The reason why this, there's another reason this is important. It's interesting when you see a group of friends and how they're doing life together and they're all gathered around something they do well, they all have the same blind spot. They all have the same issues, but they don't see them in each other, and so therefore they don't see it in themselves. You need people that are different than you to be your friend. I'm thankful for my friend AJ, who works for Black Diamond Camps. I don't see him a ton, but when I'm with him, he makes me better. And he does not care that I am Pastor Ed. He doesn't care. He just cares that I'm Ed, and that I'm a human. And I care for AJ, because he's a human. Do you have friends that matter because they add value to you? Or do you have friends that matter because they continue the narrative of what you do well? If you're dating, do you have friends that are your friend outside of the context of who you're dating? This guy, AJ. AJ is my friend. Brittany does not have dibs on AJ. He is my friend. And we love, like, we hang out and we go do guys, we hike and we shoot stuff. And we do all this other kind of stuff. Why? Because AJ's my friend. Like, Brittany has friends that I don't hang out with. And to be honest, I don't exactly like all of them. But, but Brittany, Brittany loves them. And that is awesome. There is nothing, there is nothing worse. I'm just going to get myself in so much trouble now. There, there is nothing worse. There is nothing worse. Than, than a couple that starts dating and forgets their friends. And we have all had a friend like that. We have all had a friend like that. I had this friend in college. He helped me move. He helped me move from Portland to Centralia. And then all of a sudden, this girl named Pam came into his life. And I'm like, never again. Never saw him again. Never, never saw him again. R.I.P., right? But, but this is what happens, is... When, when I need you to need me, and you need me to need you, and we haven't just developed ourselves as humans and relationship and stuff like that, we start dating, we don't know how to find security, purpose, identity, unless that person is with me right then and right there. You will get sick of that person at some point. You will realize at some point that that person is limited in what they bring to the table to you and your development. You need to have friends outside of who you date. All right? Next one. This one's healthy too. If, if, single enough. If, if, do I have things I do outside of what I do well? Do I have things that I do outside of what I do well? Simple terms. Do you have a hobby? For me, for me, like, I have this love-hate relationship with golf. Like, I really enjoy golfing. Like, absolutely love golfing. I hate it because I suck. But, I cannot be standing over a golf ball and be thinking about church. 
I can't be standing over a golf ball and be thinking about an intern that I'm meeting with and what's the next key to developing them. If I am thinking about that, then I suck at golf. If I focus on golf, I start getting better at golf. And it's outside of my everyday context. What do you do that challenges you and reminds you that you're not great at everything? What do I do that allows me to completely disconnect from the thing I find purpose and identity in? No one looks at me and says, oh, Ed's a golfer. That's not, that's not what I look like. Like, when we go to expensive golf courses to pay, like, we have to convince them, no, I make enough money to be here. Like, I, I can play golf here, you know? No one looks at me and thinks that. What's that thing that is so separated from your identity that you love to do that reminds you that there's more to you than what you do? Because because when we reverse engineer the triangle, we have to be doing that thing. We have to be doing that thing all the time. Because if we're not doing that thing, then we don't have purpose. Remember, Ed equals base. If I wasn't playing base seven to eight times a week, I didn't have any purpose. There are some of us in the room, you need a break from your job. And it is okay to take a break from your job. There's people in this room, you need a break. This is, we call it, I say it this way, volunteerism is the perfume of addiction, right? So we get addicted to something, whether it's relationship, or it's a sin that we're trying to hide, or it's, or it's work or whatever, and we just volunteer. Well, at least I'm volunteering. No, I am avoiding not doing something and just being okay. What is the thing I do that reminds me I'm okay because I'm a human? And let's take this over into the dating world. Like, Brittany's gone golfing with me once. And it was great. And it, like, filled my cup. It was cool to have her stand there and watch me golf. But it was like, she never did it again, because it's my thing, right? Another thing I really enjoy doing, like, I enjoy competitive shooting. Like, I do pistol competitions. And so, like, I geek out over, I'm going to put this part on my gun, because it's going to, like, bring my recoil back just, and I freak out about it. Brittany, Brittany loves art. I don't care. Like, hey, babe, that looks really great on our mantle. Like, it looks really good on our mantle. Like, she'll go to these paint nights, and she'll paint something, and I think they're phenomenal, and I think they're incredible. I will never go to a paint night at Ristretto's. Like, it's never going to happen. I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that our house doesn't look like the bachelor pad that I lived in in Centralia, that we have art on the walls. But, but Brittany has her thing. Do you, if you're dating... What is the thing that you do that your significant other enjoys the outcome of you doing it, but they don't have to be there while you do it? Because some of us, we literally have nothing in our relationship that puts a hyphen between who I am and who I'm dating. We do the same things, and we like the same things, and we talk the same way, and we're constantly together. And there is no separation between me and them. Like Brittany. Brittany is phenomenal with flowers. Like that was the business she ran. Like if you ever get married, don't ask Brittany to do your flowers so she'd do phenomenal. But she like, she did it for me and it's the last one. That's what I'm saying. Like she did it for our wedding. And I get to say we were the last wedding she did flowers. But 
I, I, I don't go with Brittany when she goes to a discount store to buy bushels of flowers for our house. But I enjoy the outworking of it because I know it fills her cup. I know, Brittany knows that if I go do a pistol competition, competition she's not going to stand in the rain and the mud with me, but she's going to like the fact that I'm going to come back energized and excited about life. What is the thing, if I'm dating someone, what's the thing that they do that I know fills their cup and I don't have to do it with them? And it all comes down to this. Am I willing to put in the time to build it right? And we titled this talk, you got to do it right. The easy thing to do is to hop into a relationship to find purpose. The easy thing to do is to throw yourself into what you do and find competency and reverse engineer the triangle and find yourself on shaky ground wondering why your young adult years feel so insecure. The better option, and then the reason why we read this Matthew 26 scripture, it is sobering to think. It is sobering to think that there's some of us that have so been in an upside triangle for so long that we think that we think we have built life the right way. And if you look at the context of that scripture in Matthew, it's if anyone loses their life. It's not, you know, we read that scripture and we think through the lens of, oh, it has to do with how much money I make. It has to do with, well, I'm just going to give up the big job and, and volunteer at the, no, it doesn't. It has to do with literally the framework, the context, and the foundation of your life. A lot of us have reverse engineered our lives thinking we built it the right way. And God's saying, they're saying, no, give me that. If you had told me when I went to Centralia at 20 that Ed's not going to end up playing bass every week at his local church, but he's going to end up on the corporate management track at Great Wolf Lodge and become a public speaker and a trainer, I would have told you you were crazy. But it took me losing my life for me to find my life. And there's some of us that we're so steeped in an upside-down relationship, we're so steeped in how we've built life upside-down, that it would feel like we lost purpose and identity to ask some of these questions. But I, I, want, I want to take just five minutes. We're going to a little over tonight. I want to just take five minutes. I want you to just turn to some of the people that are around you. And, and, and hopefully they're people you do life with a little bit, or at least you feel secure and safe talking to. And I want you to ask this question. Let's walk through those three questions. If I was to either break up, or if I was to stop what I do well, would I still have purpose? Do I have something in my life that is outside of what I do well? Do I have friends that are just friends because I'm a human and they're a human? Because I want to, I, this, is, this is the goal of this. It's not to like break you down, make you feel bad, make you realize you've built an upside down triangle. The goal is this. The goal is through community to help us realize that we can build it right this time. The goal is everyone in this room is going to have an area where, no, I didn't do that right. I have that upside down. And hopefully through hearing that everyone's in the same boat, Right? Everyone has something going on. The goal is, okay, then I can be brave enough to say, no, i got to flip this thing right side up. So let's just take a couple minutes. I'll come back up and we'll close in like five minutes. Oh,